0: welcome to afa at the core here on the american family radio network so glad to be with you on this edition of the core here my name is walker wildman and you can check out our website afr.net afr.net you can find the core podcast there at afr.net you can also Download the American Family Radio app. It's a very convenient, easy way to keep up with American Family Radio, keep up with AFA at the core. By downloading the AFR app, you can listen live, and you can also catch the core podcast there as well. So both places, the website, AFR.net, and the American Family Radio app, you can keep up with the show. Hey, it's uh, Thanksgiving week, so our scripture for today for this week is out of the book of psalms psalm 105 verse 1 through 3 oh give thanks to the Lord call upon his name make known his deeds among the peoples sing to him sing praises to him tell of all of his wondrous works glory in his holy name let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice that's our scripture of the week psalm 105 verse 1 through 3 And uh, this is Thanksgiving week, so we're going to take calls in the last segment, and I want to know something that you're thankful for. Uh, I want to know something you're thankful for. We're going to take those calls in the last segment. We'll also take uh, questions or comments about the stories that we discussed today. Jumping right into the news of the week, uh, last week we had the um, closing of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. We had the jury decision with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So that was last week. That was on Friday. And uh, we had a re air on the show. So I didn't get to talk about it on Friday. So I want to talk about it now. This was a, a very important decision for the jury there because there was a lot of pressure amongst the, uh, the public and the media and the mob to convict Kyle Rittenhouse no matter what the evidence showed. Uh, that was the pressure. Uh, to convict Kyle Rittenhouse no matter what the evidence showed, and I've got further evidence of that on the show today, Um, but as we saw watching that trial uh, for days and days, almost two weeks, we saw that uh, the evidence was overwhelmingly in support of Kyle Rittenhouse being acquitted, they were trying him. Basically, the, the, the only charges that stuck was the uh, charges of homicide and uh, the, the only one, the, the ones that stayed through the trial. Because remember, two, two charges got dismissed during the trial. So the only charges that were remaining were the ones on homicide. And the jury acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse of all counts, all counts that he was charged for. The jury acquitted him last week on Friday you know it's it's amazing how it's amazing how so many people talk about social justice talk about how we need a a, a, a bell reform we need um, the social justice movement needs to continue but when when so, when an injustice is being done against someone that they don't like ideologically. Or doesn't have the right skin color, then all of a sudden the rules don't apply. The principles don't apply. The calls for justice don't apply. I mean, there were people, there were people that believed that Kyle Rittenhouse shot three black men. And actually, a couple a one, at least one media outlet I know, NBC, published after the jury ruled. That, that Rittenhouse was acquitted for shooting three black men. That's the farthest thing from the truth. But they put it out there, lied, slandered Kyle Rittenhouse, and uh, got it all wrong. So I don't know what's going on here. Are we intentionally trying to get people angry over nothing, or are we just not abreast of the facts of the case? I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't talk to the reporter that put that falsehood out there on Friday. Um, but but you talk to the public and, and you you poll people and they think that this is like about race. It's not. Kyle Rittenhouse was white and the three people who were shot were all white. So this has nothing to do with skin color. As much as the media and the Democrats and some people in the public want to make everything about skin color. I mean, for goodness gracious, we can't even go to the grocery store without it being about skin color. Every single thing we do in America has to be about skin color. Why? Because that's how these folks thrive. They thrive off of fear and division. That's why they try to turn every single situation into something about your skin color, my skin color, and the skin color of people involved, even though this case absolutely had nothing to do with that. Um, I want to play a clip here this is MSNBC this is a uh, this is actually the NAACP president and CEO his name's Derek Johnson he's on MSNBC uh, saying that this this acquittal the conclusion that the jury met was a quote injustice in quote let's listen to clip four.
3: You know, it's unfortunate for the families of the victim uh, with this outcome. We all witnessed and seen on screen what happened. But it's a true tale of what we need to do moving forward. Here's a judge that's been elected for the past three days, mostly unopposed. I hope that community take note and recognize that this particular judge is not. Providing justice for that community. In addition to that, the jury pool question is a real question that we must embrace in a way in which we increase the number of people who are registered to vote and willing to serve on juries. It was an injustice. This was worse than the Emmett Teal trial. This was worse to so many trials where we know for a fact individuals committed murder and yet they were not brought to justice. It is unfortunate. But this is America.
0: There you have it. That's the NAACP president, a once respected organization, and now he is slandering Kyle Rittenhouse, who has been acquitted on all charges. And And here's the point I want to bring us to. We've got to be very careful going after jury decisions with with second-hand, third-hand, fourth-hand accounts of information, all right? I would argue the jury system in America is one of the last best things we have. A jury of peers hear all of the abundance of evidence, and they rule accordingly, and it has to be unanimous. Otherwise, you have a hung jury. And that's what happened here. We had Um, A jury of over 10 peers of Kyle Rittenhouse, all from Kenosha County, Wisconsin, they heard over two weeks, hours and hours worth of testimony, worth of evidence, worth of video evidence from both the prosecutor, which was a joke, and the the defense— And, and this, this NAACP president, Derek Johnson, wants to dismiss all of that, throw it, bundle it all up, throw it in the trash, and he himself alone wants to convict Kyle Rittenhouse to prison, to jail for the rest of his life. That's the injustice. That's the injustice, the fact that we no longer have respect for the jury system. We no longer have respect for the jury system. I mean, this is just absolutely astonishing, but but what on earth is this all about? What on earth is this all about? I don't know. I think it's all politics. It's all politics. Because there are all kinds of injustices in America, uh, but NAACP president wants to go on MSNBC and talk about how the Kyle Rittenhouse case was an injustice it absolutely was not we absolutely have to respect the decisions made by juries because they are the ones that have that are privy to the most information available the uh, uh, another another horrendous example of speaking too soon and, and really speaking without all the available information the gospel coalition Back last year when all this went down in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, the Gospel Coalition uh, allowed a writer, one of the writers, K. Edward Copeland—he's also a council member for the Gospel Coalition, and he's an Illinois-based pastor—he published an article titled, Why I Hate August, end quote. He joined the left in arguing that Rittenhouse benefited from an implicit form of privilege. Let me read his uh, column that he published last year on the Gospel Coalition website. Here is K. Edward Copeland, Illinois-based pastor and also a council member for the Gospel Coalition. He put out, Kyle Rittenhouse killed people in the middle of the street on camera and in front of witnesses, and then smoking rifle at his side, casually strolled past law enforcement. He didn't run away. He didn't hide. He showed no fear. He assumed there was something about his person that would allow him to approach law enforcement with a visible semi-automatic weapon that had just taken lives and lived to tell about it. More than a few witnesses pointed out that he had just shot several people, yet he was able to leave the scene And the state. Copeland, the writer here, went on to say, when armed mass shooters, Kyle Rittenhouse, Charleston's church shooter, remember that, etc., are apprehended without incident, and unarmed black people are killed out of fear that they might be armed, we have a more insidious problem than, quote, a few bad apples. This thing is cultural, pervasive, and abominable. So the Gospel Coalition writer, K. Edward Copeland, by the way, he should resign from his church for slander. He should publicly apologize to Kyle Rittenhouse, by the way. But he lumped Kyle Rittenhouse into the same camp as the Charleston sh- church shooter back from several years ago. Even though the two cases are completely separate. This, the, the, what, what we have here folks, is we have we have people, including people who call themselves evangelicals, that are bloodthirsty. They are on the prowl, they are on the hunt looking for someone to devour. And in this instance, it was Kyle Rittenhouse that they set their eyes on, that they set their target on. It was Kyle Rittenhouse. And and, and what's so frustrating about all of this is that you have Kyle Rittenhouse who was aiming who was who had the intention of protecting local small businesses in Kenosha Wisconsin he's the one that somehow the bad guy now and all the people who who looted who rioted and who burned down property private property in Kenosha they haven't faced any charges they haven't faced any charges and the, the fellow that was that testified against Rittenhouse that uh, pulled the pistol in Rittenhouse's face as Rittenhouse was laying on the asphalt in the middle of the street, the fellow who pulled the pistol and, and put it in the face of Kyle Rittenhouse, he didn't face a single charge. He didn't face a single charge by the prosecutor in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm afraid that prosecutors are allowing their politics to get in the way of their decision-making. And at this point, the prosecutor should face an investigation. The prosecutor should face an investigation for falsely accusing and charging Kyle Rittenhouse with no evidence at all and making Kyle Rittenhouse spend a million dollars in legal fees to defend his livelihood, the prosecutor should be investigated. AFA at the Corps will be back.
2: Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A friend of mine who pastors a church in Nigeria once said to me, you know, America has sent more missionaries into the world than any other nation before it. But the nation that once sent missionaries has now become the mission field. As you consider the calling God has for you, I just want to remind you that just as other nations need missionaries, we need missionaries in America, too. There are a lot of neighborhoods right here in our country that desperately need evangelism and discipleship. Let's not forget about them. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more, from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
4: This is Raising Got the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. After the busyness of the summer and settling into a new school year, Thanksgiving is a reminder to pause and reset. Beyond being a time for gathering, good food and elastic waistbands, Thanksgiving provides an opportunity to focus on gratitude. Consider how your family can integrate scripture into your holiday gathering. Start with a special prayer of gratitude before the big meal. While the family is in a reflective mindset, pass around a jar with pre-written Bible verses and speak to Thanksgiving. Have everyone read a verse aloud and share what they are most thankful for this year. One of my favorite verses is from Chronicles sixteen thirty four. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. End your meal with full tummies and renewed hearts. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
1: Hello, everyone, I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Are you ready to travel again? I hope you are. We've been cooped up in our homes now for, what, a year and a half? A lot of Americans have. And it's time to get back out and see our country. We're going to Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon. We're also going to Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We've been doing these tours for several years now. We've set the dates for 2022. We're going in June, and we're going in September, so you pick the month you want to go. We're also doing those tours back-to-back, so if you want to see Williamsburg, Jamestown, also see DC and Mount Vernon, we'll take care of you for the whole week. So for all the information available on these tours, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. Spiritualheritagetours.com. We're going to have a wonderful time together, with Christians from all over the country on both of these tours. We'll see you then. AFA
2: at the Core podcasts are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. Live on American Family Radio. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, AFR.net. To to refresh our memory here <laughs> about about the how, how often how often uh, these left wing political hacks and the media and and the left all across the country how often they get it wrong and I could probably do an an entire show of all of the hoaxes that they've led us to believe. And and every time they get it wrong. They get it wrong every time. A Kyle Rittenhouse, they said Kyle Rittenhouse was a murderer. Kyle Rittenhouse was a murderer. Well, they got it completely wrong. He was exonerated on Friday. And, and it really it really leads me to believe that there are many people in our country that that wish America was still more racist. They wish America was more racist than they are. I mean, it's like they, they they just they hope that there's fear and division. They wish that there there are bad people, and they try to stir up things and create these incidents that that never really happen. And, and to to prove my point here, do you guys remember when Bubba Wallace, the NASCAR driver, his team put in a a police report that someone had hung a noose in his parking garage? In Talladega, at Talladega Super Speedway. And all of the media, they just swarmed onto Talladega. The FBI, they dispatched dozens of agents to Talladega. And after, I don't know, about a week of 24-7 media coverage and the FBI doing a thorough investigation... Quote, the FBI report concludes and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose had been positioned there since as early as last fall. This was obviously well before the 43 teams arrival and garage assignment. So the media swarms, the FBI swarms. And it turns out it was a pull rope in the garage the kind of rope that you use to pull the garage door up and down up and down and it had been there for years and years but who needs the evidence who needs the facts no the media was on it and it was a it was a hate crime from day 1 before the FBI was even on the scene it was it was pronounced a hate crime and as it turns out, it was no crime at all. It was simply a, a rope, a pull rope that was circled in a knot so that people could pull the garage door at, the, at Talladega Super Speedway up and down. But, but imagine how many people, people say, well, well, Walker, the FBI, you know, they said that it, that it wasn't a noose. So, so everything's fine now. It was investigated. Yeah, but the problem is, is that half of the country jumps to a conclusion before we've even had any chance to do an investigation. How many people, my question is, how many people believed that it was a noose at Talladega Super Speedway in Bubba Bubba Wallace's garage? How many people believed that before it was later corrected? How many people went home at night genuinely believing that some racist person hung a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage? And the answer to that is many people did. Many people did because our media is so hungry for hateful evidence that they went ahead and published the stories, put it out there, made it go viral before we even had the first law enforcement official on scene. And that's irresponsible. That's absolutely irresponsible irresponsible there's something called waiting until we have more information that often is wise another one a man i I could do this for an hour another one jesse smollett well known actor jesse smollett well he, he calls in a police report in chicago i don't know this was probably a year ago at least maybe longer jesse smollett he uh he calls in a police report in Chicago in the middle of the night. That two he claims that two white men were chasing him with a noose. In downtown Chicago, as he went and got his subway sandwich. Well, the FBI swarmed, the news crews came in, the story went viral. And it turns out Jesse Smollett made up every. Single piece of that story from scratch. There wasn't anything about that story that was true, except for he went and got a Subway sandwich. That was the only part of the story that was true. But how many people got stirred up? How many people went home at night thinking that there are people in Chicago that are like the KKK and they're chasing Jesse Smollett around the streets of Chicago? Probably a lot of people because it was days before we actually uncovered the truth. That's why it's probably wise to let more information come out before we start reaching definitive, conclusive um, conclusions without hardly any evidence other than one person's testimony. Uh, uh, the Many of you saw what happened in w- Wakisha wisconsin yesterday there was a christmas parade and uh before i jump to this i want to play one more clip you know kyle rittenhouse has probably had his life destroyed as i mentioned last week i don't know who's going to hire kyle rittenhouse after all that he's been through i mean somebody probably will he'll he'll have a future because he was exonerated but nonetheless uh the damage that has been done to kyle rittenhouse's life is unspeakable absolutely unspeakable um, but, but someone who's, who's interviewing Kyle Rittenhouse actually tonight, it's going to air on Fox News, is Tucker Carlson. And I'm going to play a clip here. This is a sneak peek into the Tucker Carlson interview with Kyle Rittenhouse tonight. This is clip three. Let's listen.
1: I tell everybody there what happened. I said I had to do it. I, just, I was just attacked. I was dizzy. I was vomiting. I, I couldn't breathe. This case has nothing to do with race. Um, It never had anything to do with race. It had to do with the right to self-defense. Right. Um, I'm not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. I support peacefully demonstrating. And I believe there needs to be change. I believe there's a lot of prosecutorial misconduct, not just in my case, but in other cases. And it's just amazing to see how, how much a prosecutor can take advantage of somebody.
0: All right, well, there you have it. That's Kyle Rittenhouse saying this was about the, the right to self-defense. And that's exactly what it is about. If Kyle Rittenhouse would have been found guilty, uh, the, the right to self-defense would have been highly in question, would have been very much in question and in doubt as to whether someone can defend themselves if, if their life is in danger. But thankfully, he was acquitted, and the right to self-defense still stands it absolutely still stands and you know people make light of this and many people say well, we just need to get rid of the second amendment uh, some people just don't like guns so on and so forth but folks when it's you that has your life threatened when it when it's you that has your life threatened um then you're going to be looking for the first friendly person with a firearm you absolutely are and some of the most some people, uh, I've heard all the stories about people that, you know, they just didn't really like guns and they just weren't a fan of guns. And not everybody has to be a fan of guns, but uh, they've all those people that I've, that I've heard uh, stories from, they've all been put in situations where they were looking around for a good guy with a gun. And there's no doubt that firearms can be used for noble purposes, for righteous purposes, for self-defense. They can be used for those purposes. Um, This, uh, back to this Wakisha, I don't even know how to pronounce that. I hope I'm getting that right. Wakisha, Wisconsin. W-A-U-K-E-S-H-A. We had a a, a fella drive his vehicle through the crowd at a Christmas parade yesterday in this um, Milwaukee County. Milwaukee County is the name of the county, Milwaukee County. And here's what we know thus far. Uh, The guy's name that drove his car, or the suspect's name that they believe drove his vehicle through the crowd, is Daryl Brooks. Daryl Brooks has a long rap sheet of criminal conduct, a long sheet, uh, a long record of criminal conduct. Conduct, And here here's this Fox News story, and this, this is going to get to the heart of the left movement. Milwaukee prosecutors are conducting an internal review into their own office's decision to make a, quote, inappropriately low, end quote, bell recommendation for Daryl Brooks Jr., the person of interest in nearby Wau- Waukesha, after an SUV plowed through a Christmas parade. The horror left at least five people dead and 40 injured, including 18 children rushed to Chil- Children's Wisconsin Hospital in Milwaukee. Brooke has multiple pending cases in Milwaukee County, including a 2020 case involving two counts of second degree reckless, recklessly endangering and being a felon in possession of a firearm, according to a spokesperson for Milwaukee's district attorney office. Bell was originally. Listen to this, folks. Bail was originally set at 10000 and later reduced to 7500 the district attorney's office said, but due to a court scheduling conflict that would have deprived Brooks of his right to a speedy trial, his bail was again reduced, this time to just $500, which he posted on February 21st, 2021, according to prosecutors. Earlier this month, Milwaukee authorities charged Brooks with another reckless endangering out. Felony bell jumping, battery obstructing an officer and disorderly conduct. He allegedly ran a woman over with what may have been the same SUV that wreaked havoc on the Christmas parade. He was released on $1,000 cash bail on November 1. So they're, the, the the prosecutors are looking into this. They're doing an internal review. What, what's this going to turn up? He was let out on cash bail, and he was a violent felon. And he was let out on cash bail. Which this brings up the entire discussion, and it's a beautiful segue. This brings up the entire discussion about, number one, no cash bail, and then low cash bail. New York is already trying this out, and I guess Wisconsin is too. But but the left-wing narrative is that we have too many, too many people in jail. And more specifically, they go on to say, we got too many people of color in jail. That's what they say. That's the narrative. And so here we have an example where the prosecutors let this guy who had a long, extensive rap sheet, they let him out for $500 bail. What does he do? He goes and he runs over people. Five people are dead. Forty-plus people are injured because he got out on a $500 bill. And so is this acceptable? That's the question. Is this acceptable? Is this the kind of America that we want? Because they couldn't get him in a speedy trial for a speedy hearing. They just let him out. They just let them out. I mean, this is absolutely astonishing. They just let them out. My question is, when is a prosecutor going to go to jail for this malpractice? Serious question. When is a prosecutor going to go to jail for this, this uh, legal malpractice? People have to answer for this. You can't just let, people, let dangerous criminals out of jail and just act all nonchalant about it because now five people are dead. And you look in uh, San Francisco in the Bay Area, to be more specific, there was a massive heist in the Bay Area where up to 80 thieves, they pillaged a high-end California department store, store, Nordstrom. And you watch the video, and like 25 cars pull up, 80-plus people get out. They go rummage through the store, steal as much as they can in a matter of minutes, get back in their cars and drive off. So I only bring up this story in the Bay Area to 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 bring up this point. Because if you listen to the talking heads out there, you listen to the Democrats, they say, uh, we, we need we need no cash bail. For, for nonviolent offenders, we need no cash bail. New York is trying this now and it's an absolute disaster. No cash bail means you you get booked on robbery, then you're out that same day. You're out that same day. There's no being held on on a high bill. And so according to that logic, according to that principle that the left claims to have and that they're trying in New York now, the 80 plus suspects who robbed this Nordstrom in the Bay Area, they would all get out same day. If you apply the Democrats policy agenda to let the criminals get out the same day they commit the crimes, then all 80 suspects in this flash mob department store robbery in the bay area they would all get out of jail that night if you have no cash bail so we got to think we really got to think through this america do we want criminals back on the streets the same day the same day and i don't know why the democrats think that non-violent offenses are somehow better Than violent ones. If it's your car that gets broken into, if it's your house that gets robbed, do you want that person back on the streets that night? I don't think so. I don't think so. Try robbing Nancy Pelosi's house and see if you're out that same night. No, no, no. I bet the rules will apply then. Try trespassing on the U.S. Capitol grounds and getting out the next day. Nope, it's not going to happen. Those people are still in jail that trespassed on the U.S. Capitol grounds in January. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
2: Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true, and if it's not true, then it should be
5: Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint.
2: The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. Who says you can't have your cake and eat it too?
4: If you're like a lot of people, you would like to support the culture-changing efforts of the American Family Association, but there's the very pressing reality that your income must meet your current needs as well as act as seed for future income either for the short term or for life. A charitable gift annuity might be your answer a charitable gift annuity offers a unique method for both planning ahead for permanent income and supporting the work of the american family association an afa foundation representative will walk you through the details of creating a charitable gift annuity allowing you to decide if a charitable gift annuity is right for your individual financial situation connect with us today by calling 800 326-4543 326-4543, extension 345. Or visit us online at afafoundation.net.
2: A moment of truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. One of Aim's ministry friends, the Francis Asbury Society is calling for a day of fasting and prayer by the body of Christ. On Tuesday, November 23rd, a virtual service will be held from the Francis Asbury Society headquarters and led by Dr. Ron Smith, Dr. Vic Reisner, and others between the hours of 6 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mark your calendar and go to FrancisAsburySociety.com for the Zoom address. Daniel 9:18 says, We do not ask requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act. Go to FrancisAsburySociety.com for details. The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit AIM2020.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to AFA at the core here on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, I want to take your calls. I want to hear something you're thankful for. I want to hear something you're thankful for. And by the way, you can comment, ask questions on other topics that we've discussed today. Uh, but to start off your call, I want to know something you're thankful for. And then we can chat about the topics discussed on the show today. 888 8840 88589 8840 is the number to call in. Hey, I want to read from this uh, blog I wrote a couple of years ago on Thanksgiving. Some interesting uh, tidbits of history here that you may not know. After two months at sea in the winter of 1620, the Mayflower passengers landed at what is now Cape Cod, Massachusetts. By the way, I completely botched the name of that Wisconsin town. Marty brought it to my attention. It's Waukesha. Am I saying that right? Waukesha. It's Waukesha, Wisconsin, all right, where that uh, Christmas parade was happening yesterday uh, where uh, the guy mowed down uh, uh, civilians. It's Waukesha. Uh, So I'm not from Wisconsin. I'm I'm a Mississippi boy, so you just got to give me a little grace, all right? You try coming to Mississippi and pronouncing some of our towns, and you'll have just as much trouble. So I just wanted to correct that for my Wisconsin friends out there before they email me telling me I don't know how to pronounce their city. You're right, I don't, but I do now. Um, Back to this uh, article. After two months at sea in the winter of 1620, the Mayflower passengers landed at what is now Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Only half of the ship's passengers survived the journey across the Atlantic to the New World. In March of 1621, after waiting out the winter on the ship, the passengers finally went ashore to establish the Plymouth Colony. During this entire process, an English-speaking Indian named Squanto helped the colonists learn how to fish, hunt, and plant. Governor William Bradford said, quote, Squanto was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation, end quote in november of 1621 after months of working with local indians learning to hunt fish and survive the colony experienced an abundant harvest governor bradford then organized a celebratory feast to give god thanks for all of his many blessings. thus the first thanksgiving feast took place so that's a little backgrounder a little history about thanksgiving and you know we, we read the history books when we go to school And there's so much um, highlight on how the colonists and the Indians fought all the time, and they did fight some. But here you have Squanto, who was an Indian, but he spoke English, and he helped these colonists, these early colonists, he helped them learn how to fish, hunt, and plant. Governor William Bradford he said, Squanto was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. So November of 1621 is when um, the first Thanksgiving feast took place. So pretty neat, pretty neat history lesson there. And uh, there's, of course, more we can go to there. Hey, the number to call in is 888 Five eight nine eight eight four zero. 8840 tell us something you're thankful for and then if you want to comment on the news of the day you can do that as well hey by the way we have our streaming platform up now we have our streaming platform up now so you can go to streaming.afa.net streaming.afa.net you can go there and watch the uh, show we upload it each day after the program we upload it it's not live But it's uploaded so you can watch it at your convenience later, just like we do with the podcast. So go to streaming.afa.net, create an account, and you can watch AFA at the core after the program uh, is over there on that streaming platform. Well, you know, two things I'm thankful for. Uh, Three things I'm thankful for. Uh, The first thing I'm thankful for, and of course the most important, um, is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, To save us from ourselves that's what I'm thankful for because there would be no way that we could have eternal life eternal fellowship with the Father um, without Jesus Christ coming and taking our place on the cross dying for our sins for while scripture says for while we were yet sinners Christ died for us so I'm so thankful uh, that God offered a path unto salvation through his son Jesus Christ and if you're listening out there and you don't yet believe in God for salvation, you can do that right now. Uh, multiple times Jesus is questioned in Scripture about what does it take to go to heaven? What does it take to have salvation? And all these Pharisees and, and all these Jews were expecting some long theological, lawyer answer, and Jesus says, all you have to do to receive eternal life is to believe that I am the Son of God. That's what Jesus said. All you have to do is to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you will be granted eternal life. So you can do that right now, wherever you are. Uh, You can believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. So I want to encourage you to do that. The other two things I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for my family. You know, family is a beautiful thing, and family is of God. God created the first Uh, marriage he created the family institution Um, and so we need to be thankful for our family and I'm very thankful for my family not just my wife and my boys uh, but also my extended family family is a beautiful thing and we all need to embrace it lastly I'm thankful that my grandfather created this ministry that God put it on his heart to found this ministry because without my grandfather seeing a vision from God to start this ministry I wouldn't be here right now talking to you on the radio who knows what else I would be doing but I wouldn't be here right now, uh, so I'm thankful for that. Hey, we'll go to the call. We'll go to the line. By the way, if you want to call in, triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero, triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero. I'm gonna to go to Joe in Indiana. Hey, Joe, welcome to the core.
5: Hey, man, what's up? Hey, uh, I like your show, Wes. I like the core, and um, I do believe that you took place of uh, one of uh, the the best radio uh, guys on AFR, and I miss that guy a lot. I'm going to do a shout out for uh, Brian Fisher. I hope he's listening, but we do appreciate him. But I am thankful for my family. I am thankful for uh, my kids, and uh, and I I do believe what you said about God and the salvation. I am thankful for that. Hmm. Now, my my comment was, hey, listen. Um, as parents, I, I look. I have three young kids, three young boys. So they're teenagers, and I think now would I let my kid um, go to a a place where it's writing, uh, there's people burning buildings down and all kinds of things. What I would let my child go. And I, I, I talked to my kids about this and I, I said, "I, I wouldn't let you leave this house. There's no way you would, you would leave this house and say, you're going down there. I would not let you, I would not let you go anywhere near that place. And I think that, um, as uh, parents, uh, we've really uh, dropped the ball uh, on our kids. And I know that my mom and dad, uh, they would have never let me go. So um, I, I think, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, Wes?
0: Yeah. Well, Joe, there, I think I agree with you and I don't agree with you, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I think if I'm looking out for my child's best interest, probably I would make the same decision as you son, you're not going down there uh, to Kenosha. But at the same time, Joe, um, <clears throat> there has to be something said about someone, about a young man who is willing to protect his community. Uh, so I just don't think we can overlook that and, and, and cast uh, Kyle Rittenhouse as some unwise buffoon who doesn't know what he's doing. I think there's a little bit of boldness and courage in being willing to go down uh, to Kenosha and protect local businesses. I think there's something noble there uh, that just doesn't need to be overlooked. Was it the best decision to go down there? I don't know. Uh, but there's also something uh, positive to be said about his courage and his personality that he was willing to go and protect small businesses. I'll get you. Le- let you have the last word.
5: Yeah, I I, I can see where you're coming from, but man i there's no way my kids would um and we're firm believers in the 2a man we're firm believers and yeah and there's no way that i would i would allow it i just as a father i just sure let the police that's their job that's not our job that our job is where, how can we make a difference in our community well that's uh volunteering that's uh through voting through running for office um are the ways we could, uh, make a difference.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Joe. I'll let you go. Um, and that's, that's fine, Joe. Um, if you, if you think that way, um, you know, that's your household. If you don't want your kids going down there, that's your decision as a father. Um, but, but I just don't want there to be any hint that, 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 that Kyle Rittenhouse is a bad guy here because he's not. Um, and, and as I mentioned at the very early on of this trial, um, uh, the the discussion and the debate about whether Kyle Rittenhouse should have been in Kenosha, um, you know, that's that's not a legal argument. That's an argument on wisdom and whether it was wise for him to be there. Okay, and people, I think I think people can have differing opinions there, um, but that's not a not really a legal argument. And that's what he was being tried on was the law, and that was the standard that he was being tried tried on. Uh, let's go to um, Teresa in Georgia. Hey, Teresa, welcome to the core.
6: Hello, how are you today?
0: Hey, doing well, Teresa. What's on your mind?
6: Okay, I want to say I am very thankful for that I'm a child of God and that I find that the only peace I find as far as our country goes is the fact that I know everything is in God's control and he'll take care of it in his own time and everything always works out the way he wants it to work out. So that gives me the peace in times of of upsets, you know, that when I get really upset, I have to stop and just tell myself, no, God's got this. But but anyway, what the question I wanted to ask is, and I really enjoy your show. I want to tell you that I listen to it every day. But um, this thing about... Uh, trespassing at the Capitol.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: How do we? How do we trespass on our own property? I mean, legally.
0: <laughs> you know, Teresa, it's Monday, and you brought up a really good point. How do you <laughs> I, trespass I on something that. that our tax dollars built?
6: Why? I mean, it's supposed to. We we supposed to be the government, or you know?
0: Sure. Yeah, I, I'll let you go, Teresa, and I'll try to answer that question. You know, th- there is law and order, and unfortunately, um, the Capitol was closed that day, closed to the public. So, you know, I, I may not like that, but it was closed that day. Um, but, I, but I think the larger point here is not to get hung up over whether the Capitol was closed or whether it's the people's house. I mean, clearly, it's 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 the people's house that's what— it's been known as since the founding of our country and since it was built. But uh, I think that the, the larger problem here is that is that these uh, individuals that, that did trespass or allegedly trespass—see, let me be careful here uh, not to pull a whole written house and start convicting people before a trial. Uh, the people that allegedly trespassed in, in, in Washington, D.C. on the Capitol grounds— the problem is they've been held without bail. They've been held since January of last year without a trial. They haven't even had a trial yet. And so that's the problem. I'm not I'm not going to bat for people saying that if you trespass you shouldn't be charged and we should just be able to trespass. No, that's not the point at all. The point is is we can't just be locking people up without hearings or trials. And what's so ironic is the left claims to be this social justice movement that is all about making sure our justice system works fairly for everybody. But here we have uh, uh, multiple people in Washington, D.C., locked up in the D.C. Uh, Metropolitan Jail, and they haven't even had a hearing or a trial yet. And we're going on 12 months. Where is the ACLU there? Where is the N- N- C- NAACP there? Uh, they should be there. uh Begging and petitioning our government to have a speedy uh, trial and a speedy hearing for those people in Jan- on January that, that, that allegedly trespassed on January 6th. Last call we'll take today. Hey, Rebecca from Ohio, we got about a minute left. What's on your mind?
7: Hi, I just wanted to say something I'm thankful for. Um, uh, 17 missionaries in Haiti that were kidnapped. Mm. Uh, we've got word. Sunday morning from uh, Matt, who was one of them, he had gotten real sick, and they put him in a military hospital, and he was able to speak to his dad. Hmm. He said the uh, circumstance is dire and to keep praying. Hmm. Um, So, we're very thankful for a connection, for a word, and I assume... He probably wasn't free to say a lot, and he was sick, but we did get a word. So I'm thankful for that. Amen. I want to encourage the listeners to keep praying for them and not to uh, forget. And uh, it does make a difference.
0: Amen. Praise God, Rebecca. We will continue to pray for those missionaries that are still in Haiti that were kidnapped. You know, that's gotten little attention. That's gotten little attention by the national media, uh, and it needs to be covered more. Hey, uh, thank you for joining AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, or or, uh, download the American Family Radio app. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for the calls. We'll see you next time.